And here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Ithaca podcast, your local podcast for entertainment in the greater Ithaca, New York area. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Sean, your host. And joining me is my ever knowledgeable co-host, Pete. This week, we'll be discussing some upcoming concerts in Ithaca, and we'll be exploring my recent visit to the Faro Lake in the Adirondacks. Also, in 10 minutes from now, we're going to be interviewing Steve and Chris from the bike bar. Let's get started. Yeah, Sean. Super excited to be here with you guys today. Yes, it's a big episode today. It is. We have some uh, in-house guests. This is our first time doing a actual interview in person. The past couple of ones that we've done have been over the phone. So Steve and Chris, welcome. Great to have you guys with us. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, we're going to go ahead and cruise through the events that we have lined up here. And then our second segment is going to be interviewing these fine two gentlemen who've joined us today. So I guess at this point, we'll go ahead and get right into what's going on in Ithaca over the next couple of weeks. First off, the chili cook-off is coming up this weekend. It is. In downtown Ithaca. It's the 26th annual uh, chili cook-off, and it's an opportunity for everyone to indulge in a mouth-watering chili offerings from over 40 restaurants, complemented by an array of delightful drinks and chili-inspired snacks from regional craft breweries, local cideries, wineries, and beloved local establishments. Ticket details are available at downtownithaca.com. And one of the things I really like about this is it's actually a competition. And the title is Best Meat Chili, Best Vegetarian Chili, or Vegan Chili. And the coveted people's choice for the best chili in all of Ithaca, New York. So uh, definitely come on down, embrace the winter chill, although there might not be much of a chill. The weather's been pretty mild here (laughs) recently. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check out the list of participating restaurants, head out to downtownithaca.com. The other couple other events coming up, Deep Dive, as always, has some good stuff going on. Yep. On Sunday, March 3rd, Circles Around the Sun and Michaela Davis are playing. Tickets are $32 in advance, $40 at the door. It's 18 plus. Showtime is 9 p.m. For those of you not familiar, you want to, you can join us for a Night with Los Angeles-based Circles Around the Sun and Hudson Valley's own McKella Davis. Circles Around the Sun is known for their contemporary instrumental rock, originated to create music for the Grateful Dead's 50th anniversary post-tour. And they've released albums reflecting their unique blend of jazz, funk, soul, and fusion, continuing even after the tragic loss of guitarist Neil Cassell in 2019. So with John Lee Shannon stepping in as the new guitarist. And Michaela Davis shines as a songwriter and harpist, merging classical training with 60s pop, psychedelia, and bluegrass rock. Come experience the magic of this music live. Tickets are available at www.deepdiveithaca.com. I think I'll be going to that show. All right. Yeah, so it's been highly recommended. A couple other show announcements. We have the State Theater they have X Ambassadors on yeah. June 1st, 2024, and they have Trombone Shorty and New Orleans Avenue. That's February 28th, 2024. Other shows that are coming up live, Unplugged on March 1st. For those of you not familiar with live, they've sold over 22 million albums worldwide, earned two number one albums. Their catalog is filled with such gems as Lighting Crashes, I Alone, All Over You, and Lenica's Juice, 
which live on today as classics on rock radio. For anyone who's looking to relive some of these years, definitely come out and check out Live Unplugged, March 1st, 2024, uh, and that's at statetheaterofithaca.com. I think we have one other under radar event mm-hmm. uh, actually coming up at Bike Bar. Yes. It's a Zydeco dance party featuring a newly formed band, and their name is Heavy Bone and the Good Time Zydeco Band. And that's happening Tuesday, March 5th at Bike Bar. And they bring energy with their foot stomping grooves and heart thumping melodies. Yes. Uh, the band includes our friend Joe Hayward, Jonas Pure, Sam Schmidge, and Zebulon Whitford. So, nice job with all the names. Thank you. <laughs> I did practice. <laughs> so, yeah, super excited for that. Um, don't normally get out on Tuesday nights, but you guys have great music going on there on Tuesdays. So uh, that pretty much does it for events. This week, we're very excited uh, to welcome to the Pulse of Ithaca podcast. Yes. Uh, each week, we spotlight stories and people that make our town uniquely vibrant. And today, we're especially excited to welcome two guests whose creativity and entrepreneur spirit have enriched our community in more ways than one. Meet Steve and Chris, the driving force behind Bike Bar and its companion bike shop, two places that have quickly become landmarks in Ithaca for locals and visitors alike. Steve and Chris have masterfully combined the love for the great outdoors, mountain biking, and to a welcoming space where everyone can gather over finely crafted beer and cocktails. So what draws us back each time and time again isn't just the exceptional service or the quality selection, but the sense of community that Steve and Chris and his staff have fostered at both ventures. So each accept that his establishments reflect a deep love for Ithaca and a dedication to contributing positively to the fabric of our town. So let's welcome two men who've made significant impact on our, how we come together, sharing joy and camaraderie. Steve and Chris, it's a pleasure to be with you today on the Pulse of Ithaca. So good to have you with us today. How yeah. are you guys? Thank you, guys. Doing Fantastic. great. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, we were going through lists of people to interview when we first came up with the idea for the podcast, and we were sitting at Bike Bar. Yep. Our first podcast was at the Bike Bar. <laughs> That's right. We, we weren't on the list, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys were at the top of our list. We were looking around the room. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, the uh, whole genesis of this idea was... How about the bike bar? The environment you guys have created there was like, cool. you know, Pete was just the guy. I didn't know, his, I couldn't remember his name, but he had his very easy name. I couldn't remember it. <laughs> but I was like, I look at what you're talking about. We should probably just bottle this up and call it a podcast. That's right. I, I would come in each week and tell you about all these Wednesday. shows coming up on yeah. Wednesday. You'd tell me about uh, hiking and whatnot that you've been doing. Right. So you're like, we should hit the record button. So thank you guys again for joining us. Sure, and uh, we've got a f- a handful of questions and we'll just uh, put these out there and you guys can just reply for whoever you think is, you guys can both reply if you want to. Awesome. So uh, can you share with us and Steve, this might start with you and, uh, but Chris, it's also relevant to you cause you're not from the area, but um, how can you share with us your journey that led you to Ithaca and eventually to opening up the bike shop and bike bar and then bringing on Chris as well? Uh, sure. I mean, I sort of landed in short in Ithaca because of school. Um, I transferred to this area to Ithaca College from Penn State um, in the early 90s and um, kind of was back and forth between here and Vermont and uh, eventually just just landed here to stay a lot. Um, Nice. Yeah. And uh, what year did you actually move here permanently? Uh, I mean... 
twice. Yeah, there, there were a couple big big breaks in there, but I, I think I I think I moved. I came here in 1993 originally, and then um, stayed until 90s. I'm trying to remember. I left again in 2006. I left a couple big breaks, but I, I just kept coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And now, from conversations I've had with you before, this is not your first business uh, here in Ithaca, right? Uh, haven't you also had other businesses here? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I had several businesses here. I mean, I worked um, when I was young in multiple businesses around Ithaca. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked, uh, you know, all sorts of small uh, cafe and restaurant jobs. And then um, eventually uh, was working for myself doing a little bit of glass blowing when I was younger. Nice. Um, and had a, a spot over by Buttermilk called Buttermilk Studios, which was just kind of a collective of people doing art and glass and teaching. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, and then because I really loved uh, doing things in the outdoors, I, I started kind of selling things online and... Old Goat was an eBay store originally. Oh, get out of here. Okay. Nice. And that Old Goat is the bike shop that's right next door to the bar there. And was it, uh, what do you mean by an eBay shop? Could people bring in stuff and you would sell it for them on eBay? Or? No, I was just looking at re- buying and um, I was selling samples of outdoor clothing and, and um, gear online on eBay and just felt like uh, coming from Burlington, they had the outdoor gear exchange there. Um, that we could use a retail space downtown like that. Yeah, awesome. So, so it started out as, as an exchange, basically? Yep. Yeah, okay, yep. awesome. I didn't realize that. Yep. And then at what point did you decide, like, hey, this space next to me is open up and I should open a bar? Like, how did that how, <laughs> okay. did, like, how did that happen? Yeah, to jump to that, I really... So the bike shop started taking um, a bigger role in the business, and it went from being, you know, at some point the bike shop was really tiny to me giving it more space, more space, more space by demand. Um, and at some point I thought it'd be really cool if we can have a couple of beer taps in the bike shop. Someone comes in, they need like a flat fix. They can have a beer. <laughs> um, you know, nice. that's what I would have wanted if I was a customer, like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Just stop in and that kind of thing. Um, and at some point I started exploring that idea maybe talking to the landlord, maybe looking into the idea of getting a liquor license or just a beer and wine license for that space and having just a small six foot space with a couple of seats. And when I looked into like health board regulations and things like that, that seemed like not feasible Okay. to have like, Hey, you're working on a bike, greasy hands. You're going to grab a pine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People. Yeah. So when I talked to uh, one of the folks at the health health department, they said, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and was the shop next door vacant at that point or it, the space next door vacant? No, it was not. It was um, it was a, a little yarn shop um, that my friend Julie owned and she was just planning on moving. She was unhappy in downtown Ithaca and moved her shop to Trumansburg, okay. which is still there as far as I know. Um, that's homespun and, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I started toying with the idea of like, Hey, we've got this big empty room next door. So I, <laughs> yeah, talked to my landlord and, and, and started looking into that and really, um, didn't necessarily intending it, wasn't intending it to be as sort of 
much as it is, but it grew. The idea kept getting steamrolling. <laughs> right. Momentum. Yeah. yeah got momentum. Yeah. And then at what point did you bring in Chris or Chris, how did you get uh, brought into the fold here? When I mean, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Sure. Um, the big had a couple bang. friends who lived here. Well, big bang. Yes. <laughs> uh, had a couple friends who lived in Ithaca, visited them a few times and then found out that Ithaca, whether it's the geography, something about this place has this magnetism that just draws you in and holds you, keeps you here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I moved here, I worked out at uh, Brookton's Market, Brooktondale for about a year. Steve lives out that way. So we became friends. I quickly learned that he favors the lager side of beer. So (laughs) we were able to just, you know, build a, you know, a simple friendship. Yeah, you know, based on beer and just being, you know, we both had seen a lot of early fish shows around the same era, you know, like kind of like early to mid '90s, and um, you know that developed a conversation, which eventually led to, you know, he asking me like, "Hey, gonna open a bar next to the bike shop? Do you want to manage it?" And I was like, "Hell yes!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, so serendipitous to a degree, I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but. Um, and, and how did the decision uh, come? Because one of the things I like the best about Bike Bar is that you guys make excellent cocktails, right? A lot of places serve mm-hmm. beer. There's a lot of tap rooms. There's a lot of craft beer. It's definitely a thing in this town. It's an either or thing. Yeah, yeah. it's oftentimes either yeah. or. Or you'll, they'll just make you some, they'll make you like a well drink yeah. or some kind of, you know, you know, tonic and soda and, you know, tonic right. and liquor. How did it come about to like make it both a cocktail bar and a beer bar? So I would say, uh, you know, starting out, I knew nothing about cocktails. Stop. I love beer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a passion for beer. Cocktails, not as much, but you know. And, and our and our also our the history of the bar is like has been like a really interesting climb because we opened up like late October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, March was our last day open for like another four months. Right. Oh, happened you know? right yeah okay. yeah shh, shh. <laughs> and then uh so myself and another bartender worked for like a solid year doing that and we had limited seating yeah. and in having limited seating we uh knew a local musician who also had a fondness for beer and uh you know all things enjoy you know liquid enjoyment yeah <laughs> and uh joe hayward so we uh i used to plop him down at the end of the bar on his very own bar stool away from everyone else, you know, kind of limited seating type of situation. Right. And uh, he started watching what we were doing and noticed that myself and the, the other bartender just got considerably busier and busier as people started to grow accustomed to bike bar and, and yeah, like yeah. to be there. Yeah. And uh, once Joe came on and that other bartender uh, went on to, you know, greater things, Joe kind of inspired me to get my head out of my butt. And yeah. Like, and not just, you know, say like, we're craft beer and we're just doing these simple mm-hmm. cocktails. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of showed me like, cocktails are great. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you can. It's an art. It's a it's, science. It's, yeah. It's, a t- it's all of the above. Yeah. You know, and um, once we started that menu, instantly, you know, the, the response from the clientele was like, Yes. Yeah. So I always say that, like, people always say, like, oh, we love Bike Bar. And I always say it's symbiotic. Yeah. We have yeah. great people that come in, and so it makes us want to do better. Mm-hmm. So between the clientele and Joe, you know, that's how the cocktail 
thing. And I always, I also thought, like, if we have a great beer menu, then well, the cocktail menu should be as great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you guys do such a great job with that. So, how long was that kind of slimmed down? Like, what what did that look like with the cocktails when you first started out? Yeah, well, that that was. I think there were like three or four. Drinks. I mean, essentially, <laughs> we had like initially we had four, three or four blood orange mixed drinks: blood orange, vodka, cucumber, you know, cucumber, force the mules. And then beyond that, as far as drinks that we were we were making, not really professionally at that point, mm-hmm. uh, your old fashioned Manhattan a Gold Rush, you know, they're okay. like that was it. Yeah, that was really that, it. That was the menu. Yeah, because we had a lot of people come in and go, "Can I have a Negroni?" I was like, "No." Right. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. a menu. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, now I realize, you know, what a simple drink it is, and you know, it's uh, it's the whole thing's for me is just funny. Yeah. You know. And that's become, you know, it's like making drinks, you know, at the end of a night, you may make like 200 drinks. Right. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And <laughs> as, you know, as people, some people get older, I know myself, as I get older, I'm drinking less beer, I think. And some, there's people out there who are drinking less beer. Well, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's great that you have an option for people, right? Because sometimes sure. people want yeah. me to go somewhere. And there's no, there's only beer there. So I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's great that you guys do both things so well. What's really funny is I still have people who come in and go, oh, I think you guys, you're, you're mostly a, a beer bar, right? And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. I, someone yeah. else mentioned that to me too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no. So I think, I think with COVID and, you know, I think that created a kind of a, uh, a disconnect with what we are currently doing. Sure. With what we are doing at Inception. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, this has been really uh insightful into the startup there yeah totally and, uh, um it's very insightful for me personally <laughs> um yeah you uh all set yeah okay you're up cool um all right as an avid my mountain biker and an outdoors person um how do you bring your passion for the outdoors into the day-to-day operations of your business i mean walking there you, you you see the bar itself you see the gears you see the bikes the vintage bikes on the wall you see the vintage jerseys like you have like the the old farm barn wood on on the walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, how like when you're envisioning the bike bar, like how did that like come about? Like merging like your passions into like this business. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was pretty natural in the sense that we just all wanted to. There would be a group of us that would behind closed doors get some beers, fix our bikes. Yeah. You know, so that that was the the organic start of bike bar like hey let's all take sure. our bikes tune them up for spring <laughs> get a case of beer and yeah. and, and he, i've got this sort of club bike clubhouse we can hang out in yeah um and then it just it grew obviously into the bar and the space grew and and kept growing and um i think it was cool we just had a really great basement full of things to display <laughs> sure that, that would be um a shame not to to get on the wall so oh. were those your things like collect over time yeah or? over time yeah they would just okay. the basement was insane for a long time it's okay. pretty manageable now but, yeah uh for the longest time it was just like oh this is somebody would want to part with something oh well you know i've got this old thing in my garage yeah do you want to take a look at it and i would take it and take it in and just put it in the basement and collect dust and it did that for years because okay. i had that space for you know, at that point, whatever, eight or nine years before right. the bar opened. So, and then eventually they all came out and there's still some stuff that's not out, but, okay. or people would be like, oh, you know, I have this old Jersey 
It's some old wool Italian. Yeah, wool Bianchi. Yeah, super cool, you know. Like so, that has to be seen. So that stuff that that was all part of it. And then awesome. Um, the mechanics that are working during the day, I just always like, hey, save save stuff, save gears. Yeah. We could just throw them in degreaser, clean them up, get them out, use them for something to contribute to the space. That's awesome. So like. When I go in there, obviously, like, you know, like I'm, I bike too, road bike and mountain bike. So there's sure. stuff that I recognize. But when I bring my friends that don't bike, they'll plan out and, like, you know, give you guys props. Oh, which cool. Is like really cool. So it's like, it's such yeah. a cool thing because it's like, I, I have a personal connection to it. But then yeah. when I bring my friends that are that, like, don't bike, they're just like, oh, this is so cool. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like the, the gears in the bar. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. The, sure. that. underneath the, the bar there. And yeah. The vintage bike stuff that you have in there. Yeah, so a lot of that was like Anesti Zakos, who was helped me build the space and and come up with that vision. Was like I had all these ideas and having a real builder being able to say like, hey, that's possible, or that's hey, you're gonna have to axe that idea because that's not gonna work. And and that was the person who really helped with that. Okay. The initial build out and the the expansion who I worked with. Yeah. Um. And and I think he's like AZ Designs or something. Uh, locally okay in Ithaca. Cool. yeah nice. and he does you know so that was my thing and he just said hey put those gears on the bar where you yeah. want them trace them and <laughs> i'll get them in there and yeah and then while he was doing that a lot of the other stuff was was me okay you know like a, the barn wood on the walls i was yeah. just putting the barn wood on the walls and hanging decorations and things like that but all the like main build out would be on sd yeah nice love it yeah that's good stuff so our next question here is, uh, and this is for both of you, can you tell us a memorable moment or event at Bike Bar that really encapsulated either the spirit of the establishment or there was one moment where you were like, hey, we're doing the right thing here and things are, we have a good trajectory. Was there any kind of aha moments for either of you uh, in the early stages? I, I mean, for me, right off the bat, the memory that I always keep is... Uh, you know, we started doing old time nights there or right yeah the like, tuesdays which i love yeah and uh this may not even been maybe old time wasn't happening yet but richie stearns was playing and it was busy and i was pouring pints of beer and it was just like one after the other and the music was going people were having a great time and i remembered almost like seeing like melodic notes float past me that richie <laughs> was playing yeah and i was just like caught up in this this vibe of like this is awesome you know, Dude, so I just, that is amazing. Yeah, everybody was feeling it, you know. So, yeah, I'm yeah. getting chills just hearing you describe <laughs> right. that. Seriously. You yeah. have those moments in there, though, where like, yeah, yeah, where there's just like a really magical moment where you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad I stayed down here for this. Or yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I stayed late tonight because I would have missed this amazing scene. Apparently, some people got married in there the other day. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was hilarious. Oh, really? Awesome. They yeah. bought a Justice of the Peace for them and both. everything? Yeah. No, they had an <laughs> They got married. Impromptu. <laughs> Impromptu wedding. Snaggles. Nope. Yeah. We didn't know that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, all I remember is 17 bottles of Prosecco being poured into these little glasses. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> they brought it, you know, A bike bar, the wedding venue. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> but what I've noticed is from the community aspect is having local music featured or even non-local, you know, the Ithaca community loves music. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And people are coming in to either, you know, have drinks and listen to music or not even have drinks and listen to music. Yeah. And there's this like, you know, there's a, everybody's together at that moment. Yeah. The, the vibe is always yeah. great there, no matter what day of the week is. So. 
Even That's with true. grad students, yeah. Right. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm always too happy in my corner of the bar. They're uh, just we're, we're, we're usually home by the time they get there. Yeah, yeah. We're the, happy no, hour. We're the old, old timer. Yeah, we're happy, the happy hour, hour specialists. That's right. <laughs> no, I, I, I've, being a non-Ithacan, you know, a, a local and transplant, I've heard so many, uh, you know, questionable things about some of the Cornell grad students being at bars and taking it over. And I have nothing but good to say about those yeah, this, absolutely. They, they've been fantastic customers. I get to know them as they are at school for two to sometimes, you know. Sometimes yeah. Some of them will be there for six years. And, and you guys have the space for it, and you have a good system for cranking out drinks. I've seen a party of eight, nine people yeah. come in, and uh, you guys will line up eight drinks and yeah. crank them out. That's because so. Joe's a machine. <laughs> yeah, Joe is a machine. Yes. Mark, too. Mark, too. <laughs> Mark loves it. Loves being on that stage. Mark loves being on stage, wherever it is, music or uh, behind the bar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, the whole the whole staff that um, is there, that has been ever there, and the staff now, um, Sarah and Evan and um, Mark and Joe. You mean, you mean Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, every, everybody, everybody involved. It's been really nice because it's you know you ask for like one moment, but really there's just like sometimes it's just those like quiet moments where you can get to like there's there's three people in the bar and you can hang out and get to talk to someone. And yeah, absolutely. Get to know a little bit about their life and have a beer with them maybe or something. Be prior to opening, and that's that's what I like. Yeah, that's that part of it, you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ithaca definitely becomes like a place where people travel to. Yeah. Sure. Uh, especially post COVID when people start traveling again, but we're not traveling, you know, uh, to Europe or anything. Their their idea of traveling somewhere was Finger Lakes. Right. So yeah. during that period, there was so many people coming into Ithaca and just having these great conversations. And, they, you know, people were allowed, they were socializing. Yeah. It was wonderful. You know, yeah. You could, <laughs> even, even the time I remember when masks came down and people were coming into the bar and socializing yeah i was there for those beginning days when you started taking down the plastic partition yeah it really was (laughs) incredible to see people's faces light up come on hibernation yeah it 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 just kind of let me know that you know the bar as a social eating place yeah. Is wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. that's the highlight of my week. I, I tell you, really, I don't really go out much, uh, too much on the weekends, and always look forward to my Wednesday happy hours. So yeah, thank Wednesday you guys. Very important. For me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I got a two-part question for you guys. Um, we have the relatively recent expansion of the bike bar that doubled its size. Um, what other new features or offerings that patients can look forward to? Um, what was like the decision to be like, hey, we can we can do this. We can expand the bar. I mean, from the, you know, my point of view is that I'm, I'm a, like, kind of analyze systems. Sure. And see why a system's working or not working. Right. And with the space that we had and the demand we had, there was a serious, you know, imbalance there. Right. So being able to open the space and allow the clientele to flow and then opening the space behind the bar and allowing us to flow. Right. That's just like exponential joy right there. Yeah. You know, that was just inevitably it had to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chris and I talked about it quite a bit prior to it happening and being built. But um, one of the big catalysts there was that, you know, the retail clothing market 
whether it used or new, it was just so difficult. And as more and more things went online, yeah, it yeah. was it was not a difficult decision to be like, hey, it's time to pivot. This business is working. This one is not. Right. Okay. You know, this idea is working and this idea is not. And how you know, you don't want to just I didn't want to ride that business into the ground. Sure. Which yeah. I kind of did anyway, but it was. Um, it was getting to the point where I was super frustrated with where that was at. Um, brick and mortar retail is, you know, is where it is. Yeah. 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 We all know that that's century. very difficult. Post COVID. Yeah. I got tired of managing it and frustrated and I have a family and yeah, you know, it, it wasn't working. Right. So, and it was as disappointing as it was. Um, the other hand, what is it was really, um, you know, nice to know there was this other little piece that was working that right. was unexpected because I didn't know what to expect out of the bar. I didn't have, you can write a business plan all day, but you right. don't know what's going to come <laughs> of it. And, and, yeah, and so I was like, Hey, this seems to be working. I think I'm just going to put the other foot in there and okay. give this place more space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I think also that going through COVID, I remember the conversations we had was, it was like, you know, the bar had been open for four, four and a half months. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the, this must survive because this is such a, you know, an investment. And the old goat had been around for a while and we were going to watch it kind of maybe wither away with COVID. Yeah. And then the bike shop did amazingly well. Mm -hmm. You know, Steve's attention was all of a sudden, it's like. Briefly. <laughs> well, <laughs> when everyone's like, you know, just needed their bike fixed. They needed sure. to get on the bike. People had the time and space to bike yeah yeah, yeah. and social distancing activity yeah and so, so it became clear that there were parts of old goat that were going to still work fairly mm -hmm. well right you know as as a business but then i think we talked about like money earned per square foot you know? <laughs> right you know we knew yeah. that the bar just exponentially has such a high it wasn't in clothing yeah. and gear unfortunately <laughs> yeah 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 the bar was also new and exciting and, it, and yeah. it was nice to see it grow absolutely and having a space for music and things like that was like very exciting to me yeah i, I love the new space um thank I think, you i think also um you know laying the groundwork having a business next you know the, the old goat for what was it 11 years at the time probably yeah yeah okay wow i didn't realize it was that long yeah so yeah. that's like everybody knew what the old goat sure was. So yeah putting a bar next to it was like i mean it basically synergy almost, almost had like a soft <laughs> opening for 11 years right. <laughs> yeah. it's coming it's coming well, well speaking of that it's gonna be flowing you had asked earlier about the op the actual opening of the bar yeah because i said you know chris and i had been working together before while, <laughs> while there was still paper on the windows and and i was starting to tell you the story when we got um when we finally did get our liquor license and um there was i think i'd come in and chris was doing some things around the bar kind of you know we would do things sure. just to stay busy at that point because it was essentially ready to go right um i was like so nervous i was like well i don't when do you want to open and chris was like <laughs> Well, if you're not going to open the door, I'm going to open the door right now. So <laughs> Unlock the door, and I was super nervous. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. So, it was so like, that was the opening. You know, it was like five, five thirty, like on a Thursday. Yeah. And okay. when what 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 year was this? Or this was October of 2019. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I remember that's when I moved to Ithaca. Nice. Yeah. Perfect time. Nice. So I saw the, saw the signage, and I was with my sister, and I was like, bike bar. This is like my bike bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. 
I a lot of people cool. thought motorcycles. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. I always Probably Davidson ass with chaps. Yeah. I always <laughs> tell the customers the R is silent. <laughs> right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a lot. laughs> Bike. Um, and what was funny about that night is that, uh, you know, maybe an hour later, there, there were a bunch of people in the bar. And I turned to Steve and I said, do you know any of these people? And he goes, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. just a bunch of random people who came in. So to me, that is success. Yeah, totally. Because you're thinking like, Steve, you're thinking like bike bar. Like I know a lot of people in the bike industry. Yeah. The, my biking community is going to keep this like afloat. But then sure. like, like I said, like my friends that don't bike, like it, it's, it's their favorite bar. Yeah. They just like the space. Yeah. Space, yeah. The vibe, like place, the, the yeah. staff, like sure. whether beer drinkers or cocktail drinkers or just the people there. Yep. just like, they just love it. So yeah. we're trying to incorporate more stuff for the cycling community too. We sure. did, um, we had Simon was running all those alley cat races for yeah. a while. That was really fun brought a lot of biking community and hopefully we do more group rides and things like that. Nice. And this summer. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. So, uh, on to our next question here. Can you tell us what has been the biggest challenge that you guys have faced, uh, both in running the bar and the bike shop, and how have you guys overcome that? What kind of challenges have you guys faced where you were kind of like scratching your heads and like, wow, this is we got to deal with this? Like, has there been any kind of things like that you really had to uh, to to work through? I mean, I I think just the from inception of the bar to opening to covid to doubling the bar it's been a constant like almost like a snowball going uphill rotating backwards <laughs> right. and getting bigger and bigger yeah. and it's just you know a constant you know reassessment assessment and just executing to solve there's always hurdles yeah yeah, yeah. it never ends i mean but i think that's any small business right? sure it's just there's always something there's always something you have to solve every day. And like both of us are always, you know, we could be out of there texting each other. Oh, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with this. And that's just how it goes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of it, I think, is um, just finding what, how we can fill, fulfill our roles to the bar and our, you know, outside lives at the same time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> to, right. Have that balance of. Uh, yeah. What is balance these days? <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most important. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, all right. So, how do you guys? This is for both of you. So, um, how do you guys stay up to date with the latest cycling and hospitality trends? I mean, like, trying for for me for my personal hobbies of cycling, it's. I wish I could do more. I wish I could pay attention to more like what the cycling trends are. And then like for work, for the hospitality industry, it's just trying to keep up with everything. And like either way, like I feel like I'm always drowning. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, you guys always have new beers. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the cocktail menu gets refreshed. Like how do you guys stay up on, on that kind of stuff? On, on the bike end, at least, I could say that like um, aside of social media and the obvious things, um, that's a pretty tight knit group of people that like sure. to chat, you know, and if you're involved with any of cycle CNY or any of the organizations, okay. you get a lot of chatter. Um, but also, you know, I tend to have young, um, mechanics in the shop who are way more on top of, yeah. you know, yeah. these guys are like 20 years old. God bless the little youth. <laughs> yeah. So they, they know a lot about what's happening in the cycling industry. And like, um, you know, there's times where I'm like, Oh, what the hell is that? You know, yeah. look something up and be like, Oh, that's, you know, but that's, that's generally, that's generally it. But in the end, I mean, 
Um, the old good is sort of a, you know, it, it seems like it's becoming more of a commuter and like downtown shop okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Like we do serve some of the mountain biking and like road cycling community, but um, a lot of locals just are like trying to maintain their bikes. And sure. so, you know, we're not always on top of the latest trends, but e-bikes seem to be never endingly. They just keep coming. Right. <laughs> Which you can get them there at the old goat, right? Yeah. Like yeah. But they yeah. just keep for repairs and stuff. It's more and more people are riding e-bikes. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so, but the e-bikes, change, like changes are fast. Relatively new thing. Um, when you were like, when they were something to come, like you were like, servicing them like that's a whole other thing because you're dealing with like a motor that's like, what i mean yeah yeah, so yeah. we've been like i took some courses on that okay like the shimano tech courses and yeah. um we're you know i mean i think every shop's dealing with that you do what you can to right. to learn i mean you, everybody has to become sort of a basic electrician you yeah. need to know how to solder you know this kind of thing <laughs> it's a whole other animal <laughs> yeah. in the bike community it is but it's not going away so right. it's like you know if you're a shop turning that away Right. So there's a lot of like bikes, you know, these e-bikes, some of them are just cheap Amazon bikes that you're like, man, I don't want to put time into repairing a okay. cheap one. But, you know, there's, you got to kind of just assess each one as they come in and see what you can do. Okay. So, but like for like old goat, like Definitely. you get the range of bikes. Yes. Of like the old beat up one that wants to ride around the commons. You get for the sure. e-bike, you get... The mountain bike, you get a five thousand dollar Bianchi, like coming <laughs> in with wireless uh, shifting, like, yeah, like when these people be bringing these bikes in, you're just like, hold on, I gotta do like a little homework here before I start working on this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, there's always that. Yeah, okay, there's, there's um, but you know, the more you, the more you go through it, mm -hmm. you just kind of, eventually, you're forced to catch up. Okay, forced, good answer. You're forced to learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Nice. And, right. and Chris, how about you on the the beer and the cocktail side? I mean, on the beer side of things, I, you know, we're, we are limited to what we can get based on our distributors, mm -hmm. you good. know, and a lot of it is uh, just going through with like a fine tooth comb and finding the stuff that's yummy and, you know, keeping a variety of styles available. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've never been like a strictly IPA guy and I know that was like, you know, an ongoing trend sure. and mm -hmm. to some people's joy, to some people's misery. Right, you know, but uh, the beer community itself—I swear that was my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, with hands the sound on that. With yeah, oh my god, <laughs> with beer is like a constant flow of like new tasty stuff coming out, and um, the amount of beer companies that you know are around—it's just constantly changing. Sure. So, I, I find that. You know, and also with the cocktails, like if you, if you adhere to the classics, but also pay attention to like maybe some trends, mm -hmm. but we're not going to change our whole style of what we're doing based on trends. Right. Absolutely. I would rather be the bar in Ithaca who is like, this be, is our stuff. Yeah, and it's like it's like we have our own trend. Yeah. We, and it works for us. But yeah. I don't want to, you know. Like I said, we we didn't make a Negroni before, and now we sell them hand over fist. <laughs> right. you know? So you have to pay attention to what people are asking for, and balance out you know that demand with what we can actually produce as a bar, in a consistent, concise, and you know classy way. Yeah, you know? and I think you guys have hit that balance perfectly. Yeah, I mean, my experience has been great on both the beer side and the cocktail side. So. Um, 
All right. So uh, we only have uh, two or three more questions here for you guys. Really loose. (laughs) And uh, we would like to know, are there any upcoming events or collaborations at Bike Bar that the local community should be excited about? Anything that you guys are looking forward to that's on your radar? I mean, I would say, aside from the the Zydeco, like the Aaron Lip, Richie Stearns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. You, you that's um, Saturday, March 16th. Okay. Yes, that's, that's going to be amazing. And for our listeners who are not familiar, Aaron Lip is a former member, member of Giant Panda Gorilla Dub Squad, which is how I first knew him as the keyboard player. Uh, and th- I'm going back 10 years. He hasn't been with the band for a very long time. He's had a very illustrious uh, solo career since then. He's played with, he's, I think, recorded with the Wood Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. Sam Grisman project now. <laughs> okay, touring, yeah. Touring with Sam Grisman. Yeah. yeah, so those are some big guns. Yeah, and so that's, I have that on my calendar. I sent the invite to my wife and our friend Ryan. Nice. So I was thinking about you. Hopefully you'll be in town. Yeah. So if I'm in town. I'll, I'll definitely be there. Yeah. That's going to be a great night. If uh, I was to put out a secret yeah. under the radar the next day, which it happens to be St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. There's yes. a, uh, I think an afternoon show at Deep Dive. Yes. Scuba Jerry. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, Scuba Jerry. Yeah. I heard about that. I think it's like a, a 6 p.m. start time or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which I love by yeah. the way. Sure. And uh, so that's a great tip. Now, is that in the rumor category or is that like, is that happening? Can you announce it here on the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure it's been, it's been confirmed. It's been confirmed. You heard it All here right. first on the Pulse of the Good podcast. Right. If anything changes, we'll let you know. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, anything uh, for you, Steve, that you wanted to mention? No, I mean, on the bike side of things, we'll likely get some group rides or some alley cat races arranged for late spring and summer. Weather dependent. Yeah, yeah, weather dependent and finding someone that's interested in like running that. We're always looking for someone to run group rides. And um, I have to nominate my. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> all right, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. Um, those were just kind of all over the place, all over the map, date wise last year. And but they were really fun, great turnout. So. Yeah, I remember being at the bar when one of those ended. Yeah, and it was the coolest thing. Yeah. Like we didn't even know what was going on. All of a sudden, people start showing up in full bike gear. Yeah, and, the and bringing their parking. bikes into the bar. Uh, and everybody starts clapping and cheering and we just carried that on for like the next couple of hours. And yeah. by the end of the night, the, the bar was filled with bikes and people in bike gear. And it was like, just yeah, that was great fun. Yeah. I want to make sure those happen again. Yeah. yeah. Form. Yep. Awesome. All right. Um, can you guys share a piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, um, looking to start a business in a niche market like yours? So I gotta say like you guys are kind of like, just cause the beer and then like the biking, like you guys married like two things I love and mm. you did it successfully. So like what kind of like um, advice would you give to someone that? I would say being willing and able to pivot and change. Pivot. It's yeah. like know how to adjust to what works. Sure. Yeah. For you and the community and um, feel that not only, you know, in both, both directions, you know, like, hey, this is this might be working for me, but people aren't really responding to sure. it, or vice versa. And, You're right. Yeah, and just kind of like work. Like the bike shop, it's a really small thing at this point, but it's a great little add-on for the bar. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to have like a nice, big, full-out, beautiful stain, <laughs> stainless steel bike shop, but uh, it, it yeah, is yeah. just a handmade little wooden place that is is fun to have next to right. the bar. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being able to shift and go with what works is what I would say to anyone doing any business really. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's great advice. Yeah, don't, don't, don't stick to your guns. If it's 
the ship is sinking. Yeah, yeah. be okay to say, hey, COVID I, was, I was wrong on something. Yes. COVID was a good teacher yeah. of that, too, I feel. Yeah. Just like sure. being able to pivot, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be able to, to, understand what your expectations what the what is the reality of your expectation what's mm-hmm. the reality of your customer's expectation right how do those things share space together and you actually it's it's like listening to music versus just putting an album on right you're consciously listening every moment to what's happening yeah and then like steve said then you you're able to pivot right you understand how to pivot pay attention (laughs) (laughs) how about that (laughs) yeah but i I, because i think that's one of the biggest problems of you know anyone who's not successful is is just not you know get your head out of of your butt yeah right you know pay attention to what's going on and be like steve said don't don't stick to your guns right be able to um, but don't sell yourself out either Mm -hmm. you got to find that balance Mm -hmm. between all of those elements right on so we have one last question for you guys. Um, actually, there's going to be two last questions because Chris, I just wanted to touch base with you real quick on how your trip to uh, the fish in Cancun was. <laughs> but before we get to that, uh, and just a little add-on question there. Uh, for those of us who are regulars and for potential new visitors, is there anything else that you'd like to share about the bike bar or the bike shop uh, that we haven't covered today? Or did we, did we nail it? I mean, um, I, th- I think the most important thing about the bar aside from what we're serving people and you know getting or the atmosphere is that i've talked to so many people from so many different you know it's, it's a very di- diverse bar yeah absolutely so many people walk in and go i feel comfortable here absolutely and to me that's like that i feel successful yeah and that's I mean, a like, huge compliment yeah yeah and i would say just working with a great bunch of people like i have a lot of faith and trust in the people that i work with and i'm absolutely super happy about (laughs) it i mean i love everyone that comes in as well but i mean what a great staff yeah yeah absolutely you guys have done such a great job there i moved here in 2018 uh it was one of the first bars that i went to and i really haven't explored too many other different places around town but i really appreciate the community that you guys have created there thank you guys and it's been amazing thank you um and Chris, real quick, how was the fish Cancun experience for you? I mean, it's it's you just got back. Yeah, what's what's cool about it is that I would say the the higher percentage of people going to the shows are a little bit older. Yeah, and not like just you know it's it's like a responsible crowd. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> like a fifteen over crowd, right? It's, it's the mean, only one I, who can afford it. I mean, honestly, I would say. <laughs> You know, you can kind of hit 30 and up. Okay, probably, 30 and up, yeah. where it's at. Yeah, there are some very successful uh, 30-year-olds out there. And how, were, how are the logistics of that festival or that, that event? Is it, is it really easy to move from the concert area to the, to the other communal areas there? Like, what is the layout like there? I mean, it's essentially, you have like a strip of resorts. Mm-hmm. And then in front of that, you have a bunch of pools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then once you hit the beach, kind of off to the left of in front of one of the resorts, it's just a massive, I would say, long rectangular sandbox. You know, at one end of it is a bunch of food. <laughs> the other end of it is a stage, you know, yeah. Yeah. palm trees everywhere. It's um, perfect weather. Yeah, your fish looks amazing. Yeah, and, and fish is a band that I think they are, you know, they've put themselves through the ringer in certain ways, and they're very smart. Very like the wisdom is there in their music now. Yeah, and uh, they also 
have a sense of humor. Right, <laughs> which absolutely. Which I think if you're doing what they're doing at this time and for that long and you have wisdom and humor, you're good. Yeah. You're good yeah. to go. <laughs> but I mean, the shows are just, you know, the band knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, go. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, go, awesome. Go have fun. One of these years, me and my wife got to get down there. Uh, sounds like a great time. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you both yeah, thank uh, you guys. for joining us. Uh, me and Sean have been excited about this one now for a couple of weeks since we found out you two were joining us. And uh, let's get a round of applause here from our live audience. So happy to have these two gentlemen yeah. here with us. Thank and, you. Sam, take a bow. And uh, <laughs> stay with us. In 30 seconds, we'll be back with Sean telling us about his recent uh, hiking trip to Faroe Lake. So stick with us. Nature calls and Sean answers. Join us as we venture into the great outdoors. And we're back. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, such a great interview we had there. Yeah, it really with was. Chris and Steve. I'm so glad we had a chance to do that. Yeah, totally. Um, good stuff. So we are now on to our third and final topic. Um, each week you go out and you do all kinds of outdoor stuff. And I think today you're here to tell us about a recent camping trip you went on. Yeah, this one's a little different. Yeah. This, one's, uh, this was a, uh, to the nines, uh, hiking trip. And where, where, where did, where did you go for this trip? So I went to, uh, Ferro Lake, which is in the Adirondacks, um, with my friend Nick and whenever I go hiking, camping with Nick, it's like a theme event. Okay. So like a month ago, it was, um, we just tripped like, it was like to Moscow. So like the menu was like all Moscow. Yeah. Um, it was very Russian theme. Mm -hmm. And so for February, I was like, like, what do you want to do for February? Like, what's the theme? And I had this um, Facebook memory come up. Um, we cooked rabbit outdoors. And last year was the year of the rabbit in the Chinese Zodiac. Okay. So I looked up, like, what's this year's, like, um, Chinese Zodiac? And you go, oh, it's dragon. Nice. <laughs> like, All right, we can't cook dragons. So like, <laughs> what, what, what's up? Like, do you want to run with this? And he's like, no, it's great. Let's do it. So we had a very uh, um, Chinese and dragon-themed thing. Um, we brought fireworks out. Um, it was We had a um, Chinese spicy stew, which made in, in a wok. Okay. Um, we had a dragon um, tapestry that we hung up. Okay, nice. Um, we had a dragon banner held up. Um, we had dragon red lights hung up in our campsite. <laughs> the amazing thing is, like, if you type in, like, Year of the Dragon in Amazon, you'll get, like, a million hits. <laughs> right, I'm sure. So, actually, <laughs> I, I was just, like, putting a lot of things in my Amazon cart that were dragon theme. And it was, at one point, it was, like, 16 items. And I'm like pretty bad at um, getting a little like buzzed and then yeah. like going to Amazon and like buying half the store there. And, and then like, waking up with regret. Yeah. I've I mean, done like, that. Oh, man. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you always got to hit that save for later button. Yeah. Take it out of your cart, sleep yeah. on it, but it's so hard. I, yeah. So I had 16 <laughs> items in my cart and I was like, I was texting Nick and I was texting my sister. And I was like, I'm going to let this sit for a bit. I need you guys to be like my anchor to tell me don't pull the trigger quite yet. Right. Like just wait your like sober and just like filter out. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was a great trip. Um, it was so like when I left Ithaca, it was like um, I don't remember the temp. But it was like almost like spring like. All the okay. snow had melted. It yeah. was warm. Yeah, it was warm. This was what, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then, but when we got there, it was a winter wonderland. There was probably like a foot of snow. Get out of here. Um, Fair Lake was frozen over. And how far of a drive from Mythica was that? From Mythica's four and a half hours. Okay. So like Friday night, I went to my friend Nick's house, who lives like an hour south of there. Mm-hmm. And then we left like early Saturday to go there. And it was only an hour drive. And we got there... Um, around eight in the morning. Um, but he had a really good idea. So like where we we're camping out was pretty flat. So we utilized his sun sled. Mm-hmm, nice. And we put like all the gear in there. Um, so we just had to pull a sled, which was like flowing over like the fresh snow, like pretty easy. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a great, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think it like the hide in the day was like, 20 or 25 and then got down to like five degrees that night. Geesh. Now, were you prepared for that? Um, cause if it's going to be single digits, I have yeah. a whole bunch of extra gear that I'm bringing. Yeah. Um, the funny thing was when we did our like Moscow trip, like in January, like it was like, um, a winter, winter, um, winterland too. Yeah. It was cold, but this was colder this weekend. And so we're going, right? Like Moscow was like a totally easy trip. We totally nailed it. So we just, everything we need, we already like had it. We just dialed in and for the most part it was, it was okay. And it's hard to believe that like, yeah, it was like five degrees at night. And yeah. Like, and what do you have? Do you have like a negative 20 sleeping bag? Like what, what does that look like when you um, try to like so bundle like my, up at the end of the night? My sleeping bag is rated for zero degrees. Okay. Um, so brought, you were good. Yeah. I brought two extra blankets. Um, and what were you, what was underneath you? Did you have like a mattress? Like a, like what was underneath you? Um, what I brought is this like cot. Um, it's like a full cot. Um, so you were up off the ground? I was up off the, off the ground. Like That's huge. Inches. Um, uh, my friend Nick was on a sleeping pad and I think I was warmer than him. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was so much fun cause we had like the whole lake to ourselves and, um, luckily he had a bunch of fireworks to like. Um, set off like Chinese New Year and stuff. Amazing. Tradition. And like, <laughs> some of these fireworks were pretty, pretty good. Dude, that is hilarious. So you, um, so let me get this right. You guys are out there partying. You're in Faro Lake in single de- in single degree temperatures. Yep. It's what, midnight, 11 o'clock? There's Did you fire- guys wait that long? And you're we, lighting off fireworks. On a frozen lake. <laughs> on a frozen lake. Yeah. It was, it was so much fun, dude. Um, and we and we kept it too. Like so, like when we do these, these theme things, like um, so it was like Chinese theme. So I was looking for like Chinese like liquors or like spirits, and like they were hard to find. And luckily, he found something called Baijiu, which is like a sh- uh, a spirit made from sugarcane. Okay. Um. So we drank a lot of that. Or, or didn't drink a lot of. It. We drank the whole thing, the whole bottle of that. I think that helped kept us warm too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And then what, what time did you guys wake up in the morning? Like the sun's coming up now at like what, seven o'clock? Yeah, the sun's gone up earlier. Um, I think we got about like seven-ish maybe. Okay. Um, and did you wake up to being cold? Did you wake up because it was light out? Like what? what yeah, what I'd admit that the only thing that was cold on me the whole entire time was my, my toes. Okay, yeah. Um, it wasn't like, like, or like my, my toes were frostbite. It was just more like I could feel my toes being cold. Right. Um. But the thing is, we had like a huge fire going on like the whole night. Was um, it still going in the morning? It was still going on. So it was just, it was just like uh, in the morning it was like a quick like 
throwing like a little more logs on to get that fire like really raging and stuff and get it formed again. Yeah. Um, and but, and do you guys um, bring in a little bit of wood, a little bit of kindling, a little bit of dry stuff, and then uh, so fish the rest of it out of the woods there? We didn't for the most part because um, – so like where you – depending on where you go, like um, like where we went in the Adirondacks, we knew that it was tons of like good wood and good kindling. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's pretty easy. And I actually <laughs> – Another Amazon purchase late at night was um, this heavy-duty folding uh, saw. Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, they're game changers. Yeah. Um, it's basically like a, a broadsword when you flip it out. <laughs> right. I mean, I was cutting down, like, big trees, and then we were just, like, hacking that away. Awesome. Um, and it was just great because the wood's all, like, you know, nice and dried and, like, burns so easily. So it was, like, a big help. That's awesome. And you mentioned the lake, right? So you're at Feral yep. Lake, but where was your campsite exactly? You described like what um, was it in relation to the lake and that 20 kind of... feet from the lake. Okay, amazing. Yeah. And was it were you facing the sunset or the sunrise? That's a good question. Was it cloudy? So where we were like 20 feet in like it was wood coverage. Um I couldn't I, I honestly couldn't tell you if it was um, east or west. Okay. But and was this your first time there? Second time. Second time. So the spot first time we went there um, was back um, in in the uh, late summer. And the cool thing about this lake is, so it's like a mile hike in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was so wondering about that. Where we camped was a mile in, which was it's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the whole lake, there are like these built lean-tos. To nice. Check out. Okay. Um, so where we were in in the in the summer, like we stayed in the lean to. And why did you avoid the lean to this time? Because um, we had so much stuff. Oh, it was Na- for, namely it was my a... all my Amazon purchases. Okay, it was a further <laughs> hike to get over to lean tos. Yeah, I mean, when you get that point, it gets a little more technical. So it was a slight idea, like something really practical. Okay, right, right. But it was cool though. So like my friend Nick, like the week prior, I had scouted out the area. He's like, I found a good spot. We can use the sled. Yeah, it's level. Like, and we can bring a lot of stuff in. It's not gonna be an issue. Nice. Yeah. Great to have somebody doing recon for you ahead of time. A hundred percent. That is awesome. I can't tell you how many times I've gone hikes and been like, yeah, that's not what I read on online. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so yeah. uh, what's up next? Do you got anything? Got any new? Any uh, more camping trips planned out? Uh, we do. I um, pitched two ideas to him. For March and then April, and they were really obscure, <laughs> random ideas that he loves and ran ran off with. So in March, we're doing a um, an Irish nineteenth uh, century logger theme. Awesome. Um, we already have a lot of the attire and like the tools that are like of the time period. Yeah, yeah. So like in January we did like Russia, and then like um, February we did China. So like we gotta switch it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But like March is like, you know, St. Patty's Day. Like, gotta do something Irish. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a give me. And then I was like, we gotta do a twist on it. And the twist was like, let's do a time period. So I started like Googling like 19th century loggers. And I got like all these like old school pics of like loggers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I send pictures. I'm like, let's do that. It's like, all right, we'll make this work. Yeah. And yeah. then and then in April, it's gonna be a very different one. Um, this is gonna create a lot, it's gonna take a lot of creative, but we have a, two-parter and it's gonna be a sci-fi two-parter so it's gonna be um classic sci-fi twilight like twilight zone theme so like i don't know if you know like rod serling the host of twilight zone yeah um he's from syracuse but he had a house on interlaken 
Okay. So he has ties in Ithaca, which is really cool. Um, and then the other part or part of the sci-fi is like futuristic. Okay, very cool. So like my friend Nick does like um, he's a project manager and does like production design. Mm-hmm. So I come up with these ideas. <laughs> I go make this happen. Yeah, and he does it. So he sent me like the storyboard about the, the sci-fi little parter, and um, it's so cool, <laughs> dude. That's amazing. I love um, how creative you guys are with your with your hiking trips. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear about them. Yeah. Uh, so good that you guys are have this planned out. Now, are you? Do you have the site, the locations picked out for these yet? Not yet. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we're looking on that. We're doing like some research. Um, but yeah. So actually, no. For the sci-fi du- double parter, he actually wants to come to Ithaca. Nice. Um, because of the Rod Serling, like connection to Ithaca. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to, and then pick your brain about Cornell campus. I feel like Cornell campus is going to make insight for like some sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And are you, so you guys going to be camping on that trip then? Uh, yeah. So they, um, don't quote me on this cause we're still in the brainstorming idea, but mm-hmm. so like we're trying to like factor in like, like classic sci-fi. So like UFO, like abductions and aliens. Yeah. And then tie that into like future, like alien, whatever. Right. And um, and what have you guys picked out for, have you thought about camping uh, spots here in Ithaca since you guys are doing that in this area instead of the Adirondacks? Um, I haven't, but I know that's going to fall on me. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be one of the spots I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, but I'll keep it a secret until we, after we do it, so we don't have a bunch of visitors coming. <laughs> there you go. Good <laughs> Wondering what these two, two dudes are doing with like all these like. <laughs> that's right. So, Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, definitely looking forward to those adventures coming up. Uh, and I think that's pretty much a wrap for this episode. Yeah, what a good episode. Yeah, that was <laughs> fun. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we realize that you have a lot of options uh, for what you're listening to and how you're spending your day. So hopefully it was worth your time. Uh, big shout out to everybody out there and around the world. You all make this show possible. I'm your host, Pete. And of course, I've been joined by the ever insightful Sean We hope that you take this opportunity to discover Faro Lake and the Adirondacks. And if you love what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Your support goes a long way in helping us bring you the latest and greatest uh, from Ithaca. So if you have an event or a story you want us to cover, reach out to us on social media. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, keep your finger on the pulse of Ithaca and make the most of this place we call home. Take care, everyone.